0: Thank you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker.
1: God didn't speak to his people for 400 years. He was silent, nothing. It started around 430 BC when God's final words came from Malachi which displayed both his kindness and his severity, judgment is coming. But for those who believe it says, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. That's pretty much it, 400 years, silence. So then what happened? Though the Jewish people had rebuilt the temple and restored the law, all was not well. They had wandered from God His ways were far from their hearts and centuries of hardships were upon them. First, they fell to the Greeks and then to the Egyptians and then to the Syrians who persecuted them greatly. The temple was desecrated. Tens of thousands of God's people were slaughtered. All the while, silence. Where's God? On one hand, I would think that those years would drive God's people to study scripture, to seek God, to cling to his promises. Instead, God's people became deaf and blind, unable to fathom what was coming. I wonder if they yearned for the days when God wasn't silent, when he spoke through prophets, angels, dreams, and burning bushes. I wonder if they looked up to the sky and pleaded, God, deliver us. We'll respond the right way this time. Can't you see that we need you? Silence. Generations came and went. Hope for many was lost, but it was about to return in a most unexpected way. God was writing a new law while simultaneously fulfilling the old. Its ink would drip with love. Its pages would be filled with hope. You see, God had always been at work. The silence which had been deafening for so long was about to end with the sound of a heartbeat.
0: We all need hope. Every second, every minute, every day, we need hope. It's hope that helps us get up in the morning. It's hope that helps us face our challenges. It's hope that helps us uh, make it through the difficulties of life. We need hope at the soul level like the air that you breathe. Our soul needs hope like, it, like your stomach needs food. We need hope like you thirst in a desert. That's what hope does for, his, for God's people. You see, the river, it. It winds and it bends and it makes its way over the rocks because the river hopes that it will enter into the sea. And the blades of grass, they hang on in the middle of the bitter cold and they push through the dirt because they hope for the warm sunlight. And just like the river, just like the blades of grass, you and I, we need hope in someone or something bigger than us. You're turning in, if you're tuning in to Two Cities Church for the first time, we are studying through what the Christian calendar calls Advent. Advent is just a Latin word that means coming. And the Advent season, when people put Advent wreaths or Advent calendars or Advent candles up, they talk about peace and they talk about joy And today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about hope. And here's what I just want you to know. Here in Two Cities Church, the birthplace of hope, it was found in the most unlikely of all places. The birthplace of hope, here it is on the screens, was a manger in Bethlehem. It was God speaking to the world through his son, Jesus Christ born in the most unusual and unlikely of circumstances. We're studying through this really unusual passage of Scripture. Most people turn to Luke, they go to Isaiah, maybe they even look at Matthew, but we're looking in the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 5, and two weeks ago, we opened up Romans chapter 5 to read about peace. Last week, we were in Romans chapter 5, verse 2, and we heard about faith, and today, what we're going to get from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, is this beautiful, this really intense passage about hope, and I want you to see how you can have this rock-solid hope that no one and nothing, no circumstance of life, nothing that happens to you can take this kind of hope away from you. So let's read Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1. We're going to build on the last two weeks, and we're going to add to it with verses 3 and 4 today. Romans chapter 5, let's hear where this hope Really comes from. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, since we, God's people, have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Here it is. Let's roll up our sleeves. Verse 3 and 4. And not only that, but we also, check this out, boast in our afflictions. Because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. Romans chapter 5 is one of the best Advent passages I can find anywhere in the Bible because of this description of hope. I want you to do something that may seem really simple, but I just humor me for just a second. Because people all over the world, as a result of the coronavirus, because of the economic fallout that goes along with it, because of relationships that have been strained and people that are distancing themselves from one another, the world is longing for hope, the hope that you and I have as Christians. So what I want to do for you for just a second is i want you i'm going to spell out for you as easy as i can where this hope comes from and i want you to just go ahead and follow along with me so do this in your living room in this room would you go ahead and do this just hold up your hand and in just a second i'm going to give you four phrases and each phrase i want you to hold up a finger that describes where this hope comes from go ahead and hold your hand up just humor me for a second here we go so Our hope is found in the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And here's how that hope is described for us. First, first finger, hold it up in the air. My God knows what's going on in my life. Say that out loud. My God knows. Second finger, hold it up in the air. My God cares about what's going on in my life. Say, My God cares third finger, hold it up in the air, my God is bigger than what's going on in my life. Say, my God is bigger. bigger. And what the Christmas message says, keep your hand up for just a second, is that my God acts. Say that out loud. My My God knows my challenges my God cares about my challenges. My God is bigger than my challenges. But if we stop there, you still don't have hope. The fourth and the most important message of Christmas is, no, my God doesn't leave me in the middle of them. He acts in the middle of my challenges. Thank you. You can put your hands down. We're going to break down these three verses. We're just going to, or these two verses, verses three and four. We're just going to dissect Exactly what the writer of the Bible is saying when he describes hope, because he uses two verses and four phrases to describe hope for us. And I want, by the time that you finish this sermon today, I want you to have this absolutely clear picture in your mind of the hope that we have at Christmas. Here's the first phrase that Romans chapter 5 says to us. Hope is what gets us up in the morning. Hope is what helps us to hang strong, to bear under affliction. That's the words that Romans chapter 5 uses for us. It's hope that helps you see in the middle of a dark night. Now, here's the truth, y'all. When the candle is burning in bright daylight, nobody notices. But when you light a candle in the pitch darkness... You can't help but notice. And hope is the candle that burns bright in the darkness. Hope is what helps us to get up and to keep going when life gets really challenging. What the writer of Romans is saying is it is going to, not might, but it will get hard. And when it gets hard, I need you to understand that there is hope, and that hope is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that gives you the strength to get up in the morning and to keep going and to hang in there under really difficult, really challenging circumstances. When it gets hard, you need to know that you've got somebody that you can lean on, But more importantly, you need to know that the one that you lean on is big enough to handle what you're going through. And this is what Christians have that the rest of the world is looking for but just simply can't find. I've got someone to lean on who is bigger than my problems, who cares enough about me to get involved in my problems. And when life gets really difficult, I don't throw in the towel because I know He acts, he knows, he cares, and he acts. And he's bigger than whatever is going on around me. You will face afflictions. Some of you, you're going through it right now. For others of you, it's coming in 2021. For some of you, it's financial. Maybe it's a health thing that's waiting around the corner for you. Maybe it's a relationship. There could be 50 other ways that you're going to handle affliction. And I need you to know that no matter how bad this gets, no matter how difficult the circumstances, you got someone you can lean on who is bigger than your problems and who's going to be there for you every step of the way. That's the candle that lights the darkness and gives you the strength to get up tomorrow morning and to keep going after it no matter how bad life gets. The first thing that Romans chapter 5 verse 3 says about hope is that hope helps us hang on and hang struff, hang strong. I just said strong and tough. That's a brand new word, struff. I just hope helps us hang strong and tough in the middle of tough times, in the middle of affliction. Here's what he says next. Very naturally, From Romans 5, verse 3. Hope gives us a viewpoint about the future. In my opinion, the most important words in this whole passage that we read today is not faith, it's not peace, it's not even the word hope necessarily. What the writer of Hebrew or what the writer of Romans is saying is that we know that no matter how bad it gets, our God is with us. These two words we know are without a doubt the most important words. In fact, if you're in the habit of going of marking in your Bible, those are words that you need to underline, exclamation mark, circle, highlight. Do them all. Because what the writer of Romans is saying is, I don't wonder how things are going go to turn out. I know it's going to get bad, but I also know that God is going to be with me right there in the midst of these difficult times. I have this optimism for the future, because I know my God, and I know he's involved. I know he cares. I know he's bigger than my problems. I know that he acts. I was thinking about it this week, and honestly, the story of the wise men, when they follow the star to go see Jesus, it really just blows my mind. You know, there's a lot of Christmas pageantry and a lot of Christmas hymns that give us some indications of who these wise men were, how many there were. The truth is the Bible doesn't tell us the number. They present three gifts, so we often think there are three dudes, but maybe there were more. It doesn't tell us exactly where they came from. They came from the east, but we don't know exactly where these guys originated from. It also doesn't tell us how far they traveled. But what we do know is these brothers went for a long distance because they hoped for something. They hoped to see the king. In fact, they followed, they were waiting and watching, and that's why they knew that the king had just been born because in the sky they saw his star and what Matthew chapter 2 tells us is that they followed this star it was like a north arrow on a compass and for them they just went night after night through the desert following this star because they were longing for expecting optimistic about what happens when they see the child. They ended up going to Herod's house. They ask Herod, who's the king of Israel, and it just makes sense that he would know about the birth of a king in his territory. Hey, where is this child? And Herod says, don't know what you're talking about. So the Bible tells us that they leave Herod's house, Matthew chapter two, listen to this. And the star goes in front of them and the star leads them. And then Matthew chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 say that they were exceedingly joyful because the star rested over the place. It stopped and hung out over the place where Jesus is born. Check this out. Tomorrow night, right after the sun goes down, go outside and you will see something that we haven't seen on earth. Listen to this. In 8 100 years you'll see the christmas star because tomorrow night about 45 minutes after sun goes the sun goes down you can see it on the screens saturn and jupiter will come together so close in our field of view that it will look like one single spot in the sky, If you look to the southwest tomorrow, 45 minutes after the sun goes down, you will see this amazingly bright phenomenon in the sky that's low on the horizon, and it almost looks like, follow that star. I'm just warning you, if you leave Columbus, Georgia heading southwest, you're not going to end up in Bethlehem. You're going to end up wet. So what this star is giving you an indication of is what did those wise men see? Listen to me. For days, weeks, perhaps months, while they were following the star of the king, and what would get those guys up every morning and get back on the camels and keep riding through the desert is the hope, the optimism about what they were going to experience when they came to the place where the child was and they worshiped him, the Bible tells us. Hope is what helps you hang strong in the middle of affliction. Hope is what helps us to be optimistic about the future. And then the writer of Hebrew or Romans, I don't know why I keep saying Hebrews today. Um, then the writer of Romans uses a really unusual phrase. It says that hope proves our character. Now, I'm kind of tracking along with everything that he's saying in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. But when I get to this phrase, it often feels to me like, wait a second, this feels like it's a little bit out of place. Because I get endurance, and I understand affliction, and I really even understand this optimism, this knowing without a shadow of a doubt that the future is better than what I'm going through right now. That what's waiting for me is better than what I'm dealing with today. I get that. But I really struggle with the phrase proven character. You see, character is not something that you can touch with your hands. Character is not something that you can smell or that you can taste. So I think my challenge with this phrase is the word proven. How do you prove character? Paul, the guy who who writes this passage for us, and I think he would say this, when you have hope, you can get up and face obstacles that other people can't face. They're going to buckle under that kind of pressure. But when you have this rock-solid hope in a supernatural God, the hope in a God who would descend on his own creation, leave heaven and come to his own creation in the form of this vulnerable, helpless baby, when you have that kind of hope, you can face circumstances that would just simply break other men. And here's what's going to happen. People are going to watch the way that you handle that. And they're going to start to notice something about you. They're going to start to notice, wait a second, this sister has something that I don't have because of the way that she's handling this physical or this financial difficulty. This brother has something that I don't have because of the way that he's handling this health crisis or the way that he's handling this marriage crisis or the way that he's handling the difficulties at work or at school. There's something about them that they have and I can't even put my finger on it but I can see it in the way that they live their life. This I believe It's what Paul is saying to us about proven character. We show our character so that people that are looking at us see something, and they see it in the way that we handle difficulties, in the way that we hang on to hope when everybody else would simply throw in the towel. That's proven character. That's the kind of character that attracts people to what you and I believe. You've probably been able to figure this out you're smart enough in this room or in your living room to see what we're doing here we're taking each phrase from romans chapter 5 verses 3 and 4 and so the next phrase must start with the letter e since we've started with an h and o and a p and here's the fourth and final thing that the book of romans tells us about this word hope hope gives us endurance the kind of endurance that no matter how bad it gets tomorrow, it's rough today and tomorrow gets worse. I don't throw in the towel, I don't give up. Hope gives us this passion for the possible. The Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said, The great reformer of the faith, Martin Luther, said that everything that has been done in the world has been done through hope. Hope is the thing that helps us to hang in and to hold on and to not give up. Hope is what helps us to endure no matter how bad the difficulties get. Hope is what sustains us. The word hope here, um, the word endurance that goes along with hope, most of you would recognize this phrase, especially if you were in the habit of memorizing Bible verses, because if maybe you memorized this Old Testament verse. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. How God's people will run with, what's the word? It's, I was going to say, it's an open book test. The answer is right on the screen. God's people will run with Endurance. They will not grow weary. They will not faint. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 tells us. But I really want to challenge you if you've committed that one verse to memory, maybe you need to add the three verses before it. Because here's what verse 28 says in Isaiah chapter 40. It says, Our God is mighty, our God is powerful. And verse 29 says, our God gives his might, his power to his people. So verse 30 says, when life gets tough and you really, really want to throw in the towel because we have access to God's power, verse 31, we can run and not grow weary. We can walk and not faint. That's where our endurance comes from. It's supernatural endurance that comes from a supernatural God. And this is really what the Bible is describing as rock solid hope. You see that this kind of hope is not some faint um, belief that in the future, things are going to get better. I just know it. They've got to get better because it's so bad now. There's no way but up from here. That's not what the Bible is describing. the Bible is saying, I have no idea what the future holds, but I have hope. And so it doesn't matter. I have hope and so I can hang strong in affliction. I have hope so that I'm optimistic about the future. Maybe not here on Earth, but I know what my ultimate future holds. I have hope that helps me prove my character. I have hope that gives me endurance. One of my first positions, I'm going to end up with this story. One of my first church positions, paid positions at a church. I was a youth pastor, a little country church. In Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And there was an older couple that just poured their heart and soul into the teenagers in this church. Quite honestly, I didn't really understand why this older couple, I don't remember their names, but I think it was something like Trudy and Tom, Gertrude and Tom. Trudy and Tom just gave their heart, their soul, they gave their energy, they gave their money, they opened up their house. They wanted to be around the teenagers, not around people their age. I'm talking much, much grandchildren were older than the teenagers that they were hanging around in church. And one day I had a chance to just asked these two this question, like, I don't get you two. Why aren't you hanging out with all of the old people doing all the stuff that old people do? Why are you hanging around all of these teenagers every day that the doors are open all of the time, even when they're doing activities, you are there and their parents aren't even there. And then Tom told this story. He said, you know, early on in our marriage, we were both Christians. We were both trying to live our lives and our marriage was a mess I mean it was really really bad Jeff So bad that no matter how hard we tried, it wasn't getting better. So bad that no matter how much counseling that we went to, our marriage wasn't getting better. We finally got to the point where we were at a marriage counselor together. And after months of working on this marriage, it was getting worse. It wasn't getting better. The marriage counselor looked us in the eyes and said, that's it. It's over. Go get a divorce because this marriage won't last. Stay with me. Tom said, they walked out of that office and they were devastated by what they just heard because this guy said, you are beyond the point of return. There's no hope for this marriage. I remember what he said next like it was yesterday. This was 30 years ago. He said, Jeff, the reason why we're hanging out with teenagers today is when we walked out of that office and went to the parking lot And we were both getting in the car, I was getting in the driver's seat, she was getting in the passenger seat. We unlocked the doors, didn't even sit in the car yet. I looked at her over the hood of the car and said, I can't believe that there's no hope. I can't believe, I just cannot bring myself to believe that we are beyond the point of hope. And I'm not getting a divorce. And she said the same thing. I can't believe it either. If we really believe in God, I cannot bring myself to believe that our relationship is beyond supernatural help. And so I'm turning from this counselor. I'm turning from you. I am turning to Jesus Christ and asking him to do a miracle in our marriage. Tom said, it got really, really hard from that point forward, but we started making progress. Every day, we started making little gains. And he said, Jeff, the reason why we're always around you and always around teenagers is we want them to understand what we learned in that parking lot. As long as you have the Lord Jesus Christ, you have hope. Come on, somebody. They basically said, we're not throwing in the towel. No matter what this Christian counselor tells us, because we believe that our God knows what's going on. Listen to me, y'all. We believe that our God cares about our marriage, we believe that our God is bigger than our problems. And we really believe right here at this car, before we close the doors and start the engine, we believe that our God will act in this marriage if we'll just get out of the way and let him. And they said, we want every teenager to experience the same kind of hope that we experienced. Now, I need you to understand right here in this room, I need you to know that your God knows. I need you to know that he knows about your challenges. He knows about the challenges that you don't know about. I need you to understand that your God cares about these challenges. I really, really need you to understand that your God is bigger than these challenges because if he is not a supernatural God, it doesn't matter and we have no hope. And I need you to understand, fourth and most importantly, your God loves you enough that he is willing to act in human history and to act on your behalf the christmas message shouts with a heartbeat that our god knows our god cares our god is bigger than our problems and that our god acts what i'm going to do in just a moment is i'm going to pray and i'm going to ask you in this room Will you commit to doing something with what you just heard from the Bible today? I'm gonna ask you that are watching this online. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Yep, Jeff, that's good, I hear you. But would you take some action steps? Maybe you're realizing for the first time, uh uh-oh, I have placed my hope in myself. I thought by being a good person, I thought by trying harder, by being religious, by doing good deeds, that I would get my way into heaven. And if that were possible, there's no reason for God to show up on earth as a baby in a manger, which will eventually become a brutal death on a cross and an empty tomb three days later. What maybe you need today is to surrender your soul to the Lord Jesus Christ and find a living hope. Some of you, Maybe you're facing these circumstances, and maybe it feels like I'm in over my head, Jeff, and the circumstances of life are starting to outweigh your hope, and maybe what you just need to do is simply say, God, I don't get it, and I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I believe you, and I am not going to give up hope. And then maybe... There's somebody in this room who's saying, I want people, I want this proven character. I want people to see me, and I want them to see that there's something inside of me that they don't have that attracts them to my faith. I'm going to say a prayer. This prayer is not between me and you. It's not between you and this church. This is a prayer between you and the Holy Spirit of the living God. But I'm going to ask you, will you do something with this rock-solid hope this week? Bow your heads, will you? Let me pray for us. God in heaven, we believe because you call us your children, we believe that you know what's going on with your family. And God, we believe that you care what's happening in my life, what's happening in the life of every person who's listening to my words right now. God, we believe that you really do care. And God, as we study your Bible, if you could intersect humanity, if you could step down out of heaven and do a miracle and show up as a virgin birth on earth, if that kind of miracle is possible, then God, we believe anything is possible for you. So we believe you're bigger than our challenges. And God, we just need your Spirit to help us to remember. You act. You really do act on behalf of your people. And the proof is the miracle of Christmas. Father, I'm praying for those who claim your name first. I'm praying for my sister or my brother who's struggling right now and facing loss and difficulties and suffering. And they need a hope that will get them through this. God, would you minister to them? Would you bring your people around them to love on them and to serve them and to help them hang in and hold on and hang on to hope? Father, I pray for people that really wanna show up and show off their faith, but they don't do it by being loud and obnoxious. They do it by just simply living out their faith in a very simple, but a very profound way. Like when times get tough, they don't stress, they don't freak out because they know that you've got them in the palm of your hand. And so they can just simply be at peace during difficult circumstances. God, as always, I want to lay before you, somebody who may be listening to this today, watching this online or in this room, who does not know your son Jesus as Lord and Savior, God, more than anything else, I long for somebody to step across the line of faith, to simply cry out to you a prayer of faith that says, God, I am a sinner. My life is a mess and it's my fault. And God, I can't fix it. And so I believe you were willing to leave heaven and to come to earth for me. If it was me and only me, you would have done that because of how much you love me. God, I believe that you were willing to be a sin sacrifice, to pay a terrible death on a cross as a payment for my sins. And I believe that they laid... Jesus' body, that man really was dead and they laid him in a tomb and three days later he came out of that tomb alive and is seated at your right hand today and God today, right here, right now, you know me so you know this is serious. You know I'm being honest, God. I need you to do a miracle in my soul. God, will you move in and will you make this dead heart of stone become a heart of flesh? God, will you jumpstart my soul for the first time and will you make me into a new person a new man or a new woman for the first time father if those prayers are uttered from a sincere heart then i believe you hear it i believe you honor it and i believe you act and so god i'm asking you that you would act right now on behalf of the prayers of your people and all of god's people said amen We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.